You're listening to the Talking 20 podcast. This podcast is for you if you're in your 20s and you're thinking, what the hell am I doing? We've all been there and we want to talk about it. We're your hosts, Bridget O'Rourke and Mary Margaret Courtney, and we sit down with fellow millennials to chat about their journey and hear what they've learned along the way. Let's get started. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Talking 20 podcast. Bridget and Mary here, as always. And this is an exciting episode because it's our very first episode of season two. How exciting is that, Mare? So exciting. I think we should talk about, like, the reason why we've been behind why we decided to do seasons and how we were all of a sudden like, season one is done, coming, season two coming February, and everybody was like, woo, so excited for you. But in reality, you want to pull back the curtain the a little bit? Yeah, let's okay. pull back the curtain. So, yeah, here's the thing I'm also learning is like, Bridget and I doing marketing and social media in our normal lives. We we move quickly through things, and a lot of people always think. I think from behind this, or from you know the people in the audience, or whoever's looking at our social medias, or listening to this podcast, think it's all well planned, and some of it is. But things like this, this current last few weeks, were not. Um, yeah, we were talking, and we we knew we needed to get recording. We knew we needed to get some things out, get get our twenty twenty two plans going, but. It being a new year, getting into talking about your job, uh, your new job, all these things were building up and we just kept delaying it. We just kept putting off our recording dates. So we had a call one day. Um, I was stuck in a snowstorm at my cottage. Oh, yeah. Very bad uh, internet connection. Whole we, story. Which was a whole other thing. And yeah, we were just a little overwhelmed because Bridget does the editing. I was worried about how much stress that was going to put on her. And we were just like, I think we need to like, just wait. Let's just wait. We'll just wait. And so Bridget literally whipped up a graphic. It was like, we're really excited to bring you season two. And people were like, yay. Good job, <laughs> so proud guys. of you for season so one. We're like, we didn't even one. know. Yeah, we've never considered them seasons. We didn't know we were going to do seasons. <laughs> we just were going to keep recording all the time. We had like our year in review in January. Like we didn't even do it in December like, like everyone else Middle does. of January. <laughs> yeah, so I'm so happy These that it was well received. Wild. Yes, I'm happy yeah. it was well received. I'm happy that people felt like it was intentional, but we just thought it was really funny and that we should tell you all. It was totally on a whim that we were like, okay, we're going to call it season one. That doesn't make it an actual date. Bridget had some, you had some research or knowledge behind it. I can't remember, <laughs> but you seasons? were like, I yeah. read somewhere that you should take breaks or. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll actually explain that. So I read somewhere, there's this thing called pod fade, which is essentially you start a podcast. You're so excited about it. You're so inspired by it. And then all of a sudden, you know, you realize how tedious it is. It's very repetitive because it's not new and exciting anymore. I mean, it's still exciting when you release episodes, but it's not like it's not like when it was your first like week re- uh, releasing a podcast. So there's this episode from um, it's from Buzzsprout called "How to Avoid Pod Fade," and one of their um, suggestions was to do seasons because that gives you a time like a break time in between uh, each. Like in between, so you do like six weeks of interviews, six weeks of releasing episodes, and then six weeks of interviews. But during those interview times, you're not releasing episodes, so it helps to avoid pod fade, which I was starting to feel. I was starting to get really overwhelmed because, as Mary said, and as you've heard in the last episode, I started a new job, which has been a big learning curve. And I started to get like, oh my god, how am I going to keep up with talking 20? I want to keep up with talking 20, but it was like. It was tough. So I heard this episode and I was like, all right, seasons. But now that I think back on it, Mare, we should have pushed it. Like, if we were going to do seasons, we could have been, like, starting in March. <laughs> like, we could have given ourselves way more time. <laughs> no, because the I was like, upcoming... why did we just push it two weeks? <laughs> because of Valentine's Day. Because oh, of the right, episode. because of Valentine's Day. You're right. You're, yes. And we could have just found a different spin on the whole thing, but... Uh, there's also something interesting about like moving over to the workspace when you work for yourself, which, excuse me, I've always worked for myself in some capacity, but I've also, yeah. f- up until last year, I've always had a full-time job at a boss somewhere. 
And that feeling of meeting deadlines, proving your value, providing, you know, fresh content, it's it's always there and it's like ingrained in your body. And so even when we sat back and we were like, hey, like we're really trying to hit push like a square peg in a round hole, we we still have this intensity of like, no, no, you have to, you have to, like there's a deadline, we have to meet mm-hmm. the deadline. It's like, how can we torture ourselves in the best way possible? Okay, we'll delay everything by one week. That'll help. It's like, you're right. Like, no, we needed three months. Yeah, and like, you've got so much going on. Collective Creations is building. I've got a really big showcase coming up in February. Absolutely. Now that you're saying it, I'm like, yeah. Why didn't we start this in the spring? (laughs) But, you know, it keeps us moving. It keeps us excited. <laughs> Mary, the, what we've kind of figured what we're going to do is there gonna be, there's going to be less editing involved in season two. So it's going to be more raw, uh, more authentic so that uh, I don't have to edit as much. And you guys will get to know us a little bit better. But nothing is ever super edited. But, you know, it's more the long pauses, sometimes. the ums, the ahs, the, the hits a microphone. You know, my cat comes in and I have to leave and take out all those kinds of uh sections so Which hopefully everyone those in now as you've probably heard before but the cat coming in and bridget having to leave happens literally every time and it's oh hilarious. i have more i i as the first time i started editing i started cutting out that part part i called it bridget's cat interruptions and i have a folder on my computer oh. <laughs> of all the cat interruptions that i'm going to be posting yay throughout it's gonna be an ongoing series because it happens every single episode my cat interrupts us and I have to interrupt the guests and also the funny part is Mary whenever I get up to go and because I she needs to be fed my cat needs to be fed at this certain time whenever I go to do it Mary has the spiel that she says to the guests to explain why (laughs) I'm doing it and it's the same every single time I was watching it and I was like yeah, you have the same explanation and the same, like, like <laughs> mannerisms and everything to explain the situation in every single video. It's hilarious. That's so funny. That's not planned at all, either. No, it's not. It's just what... I mean, you're also just, like, reiterating what happens, and what happens is the exact same every time. You hear... Yeah, yeah. You hear the guests want to kind of talk over it, and, and it's like this, like, what do I do? Like, the show's on. But I think people forget, it's like, we're not on a stage in front of people. We're not on live TV. No one else is here. So I'm just like, I'm just going to stop, stop talking. Because Bridget's not listening. And then we go back because we used to try and just pretend like it wasn't happening. And you would leave and I would keep engaging them. And it was like, keep going, keep going. But then you would come back and ask the exact question I asked. Or say something where I'm like, yeah. we just covered it. So then I was like, you're going to have to go back and either just take out that whole clip or people are going to be listening and be like, why is Bridget not listening to the guest? <laughs> so I was yeah, like, it doesn't that's exactly make sense. what it sounded like. Yeah. yeah, that happened a couple times where I, like, I didn't know because I was listening to it in my ears. <coughs> and I didn't know that, like, I wasn't watching it. I didn't know that I had walked away for the cat. So I was like, why did I just ask the question that Mary just asked? Like, mm-hmm. was I not paying attention? And then when I'm going and doing, like, the video editing, I'm like, oh, that's when I left. Yeah, yeah, so. All right, that's really funny. Yes, let's yes, let's move on to our pre-episode chat part about next week's release. Is it next week? Yes, it will be next week at the time that we release this. We're recording a week in advance. But um, so our guest coming up, our first guest of season two, this was a super special episode because not only was it the first one of season two, it was our first four-person episode, but it was also with a returning guest back by popular demand from our very first episode, Talking Transgender. Liam Jotham is back on the show and joined by his lovely, lovely girlfriend, Katie Havens, eventually to be known as Katie Jotham, which I'm so excited about. Yay. And uh, <clears throat> they came on to just to mostly talk about their relationship, talk about, uh, you know, what what it's like being in a relationship with and as somebody who is transgender. We didn't really focus on that, though. We kind of went in thinking, like, it, that was the route it was going to go down. But it mostly just came down to we were talking a lot about communication and communications in relationships and how they keep an open line of communication. Yeah. And you're it's up. cool because <laughs> <laughs> you're, sorry, you're a little bit delayed. 
but it just caught oh am i okay you just caught up so i think we're okay Okay. um yeah so it was interesting because bridget's met katie virtually and so you kind of knew a little bit more about her going in um obviously katie is from texas Katie is from Texas. So FYI. we were doing, it was That's our first interview with two two people that we were interviewing. So we had four of us on at once. Uh, that brought in some fun and technical issues, but we dealt with that. Ooh-hoo. And then um, this was my first interview with Liam and my first interview with having to go through the work that Bridget put in the first time she did this interview. Now, the first time Bridget did the interview with Liam... You're working with your best friends, so you're able to, you know, shoot the shit, kind of filter yourself ahead of time, ask certain questions that you wouldn't ask on air, blah, 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 all that. Then the episode, you know, you produce it, you put it together, and you show us, and everyone knows the story. That's how Talking 20 came to be released so quickly because it was so good. So for me, I was like, there's a lot riding on that to be a part of that conversation, but to wear the same hat that you wore and make sure that... I did my homework and I'm speaking correctly and I am well informed and we're mixing that in with now adding Katie into the mix and we want to hear Katie's story which was very interesting. She has her own journey through her 20s and mm-hmm. yeah, it was like it was so fun because we did a lot of work ahead of time. We really uh thought through our angle for the episode and the interview and then when we started talking to them Half of it got thrown out the window because they answered the questions so quickly. But just hearing, and this is, you know, Bridge, you can talk about why we're releasing it when we're releasing it. But just hearing about the relationship and the work that goes into it and how they came to find each other. It is such an mm-hmm. endearing story. It could be a movie. It's so cute. Yeah. Um, but like Man Alive, those two work hard at their relationship they work very hard and to give the listeners like a little bit of a background on their story just to tell you why you should be listening to this episode katie and liam met when liam was identifying as female um back in 2010 i believe and they met online virtually they're both very good writers they both really like to write fiction and I think that they were on, um, was it Tumblr or something? And they met there and they were kind of, there was kind of a romantic-y thing, but neither of them really knew their full, like, identity, had a feeling of themselves yet. So it was kind of just like a little fling. 2010, we would have been in grade 10, which means we're 16 at that and point. And Katie so, being in Texas, that's, uh, and she's younger, correct? No, Katie's older, a bit, Katie's older. two years older. Right, Katie's older and she's from Texas, so the thought of even having feelings for any female would have been, or I, and at the time for what she, she, not a conversation. This was not something, but but her passion to this soul that she was connected to, which she talks a lot about, she was like. She just felt that that burn and that yearn for that person. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, when it was all online, it was it brought this really authentic experience for her to just feel love. Exactly. And then they get into um, eventually. Well, I won't I don't want to give it all. I want to talk about it all, but I don't want to give it all away. But um, things didn't necessarily work out. And Katie ended up getting married to somebody else. Um, was unfortunately in an abusive relationship, um, which then at the beginning of COVID, Liam kind of popped back into her life to say like, hey, how's it going? And then they ended up chatting again virtually for a really long time. Liam found out her story. And at this point, Liam was going through um, school for social work and, you know, saw all the red flags and kind of helped her as a friend to identify that she was in an abusive relationship and help her take the steps that she needs to take in order to get out of it. She also has a son, which was another factor in the story. So um, after they ended up, you know, talking and virtually for so long, Katie leaves her husband and now she, and then there is a development of Liam and her relationship after that. Uh, so mm-hmm. it was, it's just like, it's a very interesting, like interconnected It's very layered and there's so much to it. And I think, you know, you can go in assuming so much, hearing all those factors. Being Mm -hmm. so well-spoken, both of them, I wanted, I just, I 
so I could have well talked spoken. about every every point that we touched on. I could have talked about it for hours. Like Liam's mm-hmm. ability to express how hard and tricky it is to you know he's learning about social social work he's learning about that world he has someone in his life that he sees that and he's literally learning in school about not putting on that work hat with your loved ones and the tricky (laughs) dynamics of that and Mm -hmm. you know they hadn't been talking for a while so I think it was a great way for him to be like there's a very clear boundary being it's COVID and we don't live near each other. They don't see each other in person. Mm-hmm. But how he was able to help Katie realize there is a safer, happier way to live your life and using the tools that he had without overstepping his boundaries. Because that was my first assumption. I talked about it in the show. I have family. And if you listen to my mom's episode, she lives in that world. So I've grown up with that. I've grown up understanding the complications of people who work in that world and having close relationships of people who need those services, it can get really muddy. And watching my mom and my brother having to navigate that over time, it does get really hairy and tricky. And so hearing Liam express, you know, what his thought process was through that was cool and I could relate to it a lot. Um, And again, just shows like there were so many moments where I think both of them were like, this will never be. I care for this person a lot, but there was, there's so, along their journey, there were so many things in the way that I think they just kind of were like, yeah, I'm just going to keep talking to you because I really, really like you and you make my life better. And they mm-hmm. never thought it was going to be romantic. They never thought it was going to be something bigger, better, more special. And they, yeah, now even being in the relationship, we get into that stuff and we get into how they end up having a relationship. And then talking about now all the things that come along with a long distance relationship, things that come along with like Katie's history of abuse and and now being in a loving and safe relationship, the baggage she brings into it. Um, mm-hmm. Liam, so, like dealing with loss, with the loss from his mom, he comes in with his own baggage and he talks a bit about that. So there's just so much and they're huge Glenn and Doyle fans. Uh, for anyone who's read Untamed, it's one of my favorite books, Um, really big Brene Brown fans. So, you know, those are all people that I listen to and I use to guide me through my life. So I just had Mm -hmm. so much fun, you know, chatting about how, what they take away and all the little things they use in life to actually make this a good relationship. Yeah. And they, they, their skills and like, Liam has always been somebody who's like such a giving person and somebody who really communicates well and knows how to communicate well and he emulates that to everybody around him um and he teaches people like how to do that so it's just so cool seeing them together and seeing katie pick up on these little like these little things that liam has always done um and like sayings that liam has always done and i'm sure katie's been like that as well and liam's picked up some from her and just seeing how they mesh together these two souls is just it's so beautiful and it's coming out also the bond of you and katie and liam like this little (laughs) triangle there were moments where i was like oh my god these people love each other so much like you're just this big bundle of friends and yeah and like you and katie are so similar and there's all these little jokes about like liam sharing you with katie and the best was i was it in the episode i think it is where it was a Katie was like, for a little while, she was like, oh, Liam's in love with this girl, Bridget. (laughs) That's one of my favorite stories. I hope that's in the episode. I hope so, too. It was so funny. Like, she was going to have an intervention with Liam to be like, do you love Bridget? And she doesn't love you back. And Liam always goes, no, I love Bridget, but I don't want to rail her. Yes. So it's just such a great dynamic. It's such a great underlining a thing. Good... Uh, yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah it's anyway it's such it's a fun interview. Such a fun interview. We actually haven't listened back to it, so we did that interview a couple weeks ago. Liam, we were supposed to do it at the beginning of January, um, when Liam actually was in Texas visiting Katie. This was their first time actually like spending a week together and actually getting like the real you know 
authentic life experience together. Um, so we were going to do it then, but Katie has a little boy named Jack and something came up with Jack. So we couldn't because that's what parenting is like. <laughs> so yeah. then there were a couple other times we were going to do it, kept getting pushed back and we ended up doing it a couple weeks ago and it just, it turned out even better than I could have hoped. Like I'm so, yeah. I mean, I hope I haven't listened back to it yet, but they just, they I both talk so well, so elegantly and Katie, Katie was so much more open than I expected her to be um, about her, you know, her, this relationship, this fresh divorce, the abuse, all this kind of stuff. She was like, I I thought she wouldn't really want to get into that stuff, but she was like an open book. So, um, and I give her so much credit because you could come in with so much baggage from those things that you could tear down the relationships you have with other people. Mm. And my favorite little tidbit story that I'll give is when Liam was there visiting and he like did the laundry and folded everything, but he didn't want to put anything away because he's the sweetest man on earth and was like, I want to be considerate that I could make this a mess. And so Katie came home and he said, oh, I folded all the laundry. I'm so sorry. I would have put it away. I just didn't know where. And Katie said, I'm used to my laundry being thrown at me and thrown all over the floor. So the fact that you did that. And I was like, what a like genuine moment for such a like minute small irrelevant life fact but like she was just like this is love and oh my god this person's in my life and she and yeah so it was like my favorite little story and yeah as you said we're bringing it out putting it out on valentine's day because we think it's such a great well not on a couple days before because it'll be a friday but yes for valentine's day for valentine's day I don't really celebrate Valentine's Day, so I'm like, yeah, me in neither. My head. We talk a lot about how it makes us want to barf. <laughs> yes. I mean, I hey, get Valentine's it. I'm a little irritated that Valentine's stuff comes out January first because I'm like, yeah, I'm like, isn't... I'm not over Christmas yet. First of all, yeah, and like, it's the same as like New Year's and stuff. I'm like, we don't need this stuff to be out for six weeks. Two days before. One week before, I'll give you. But why is Valentine's Day stuff out now? Like, it's one day that half of the people don't celebrate. I don't know. I'm just like, speaking of so much for me. Speaking of half of the people not celebrating Valentine's Day, Katie also talks a lot about this isn't just an episode about them being in this amazing relationship and like, oh my gosh, the stars have aligned. Like, it's not all about that. Katie also talks about, you know, her journey after the divorce of self-love, Liam's journey of self-love. Like, it's a lot about how they've, you know, loved themselves and that really helps them to love each other. Yeah, putting yourself first. Which is the first step to being in love so i hear and also we don't so i hear we also get a little bit but don't fully go into bridget's what is it bridget's boot camp. Bridget, bridget's <laughs> breakup boot camp bridget's breakup boot camp which i'm starting to think we need to make a real life thing so can we talk a bit about it of course okay absolutely we of can course. talk about bridget's breakup boot camp of course, on how to, how to get through a breakup. Now, so I went through a breakup uh, last year, in May of last year, and it was uh, it was tough, obviously, as all breakups are. I was in a relationship that I saw, really saw a future with, um, and it kind of caught me off guard, breaking up. And so it, it was a lot. And so what I did was he and I, something that uh, was, like, special in our relationship, I guess, kind of just, like, a thing in his life, but special to me was he has a boat, and we would always go out on the boat and look at boats. So the day, and we would always listen to this one um, song from Milky Chance. And so the day I was, like, feeling really crappy about the breakup, I went down to, like, the bayfront in Hamilton, like, where all of these boats are, and I listened to our song, and I looked at the boats, and I looked at people having fun in the boats, and I bawled my eyes out, and then I did breakup yoga, like, on the grass, and then I listened to, like, badass bitch music, and I went home, and Wait, I was, like, what's breakup yoga? Is purged. it, like, flow? Is it, like, intense? It's, like, it yoga fast? flow, but, like... No, it's like yoga flow, but it's very gentle and it's very much about Zen. like 
Like the, yeah, and like the talk that they give you during it, kind of. Okay. Also, okay. I don't even know if it was breakup yoga. I think I just did yoga. I just call it breakup yoga. Oh, that's what I mean. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, sure what, is, what is breakup yoga? Is it like, rawr, or is it like, I need to take some breaths and like, no, it's myself. like, I need to take some breaths and love myself. Amazing. And, and oh, it's a lot but, about like, experience these feelings. Everything you're feeling is okay. Like, let it come out. Do some stretches. Get all the tension out of your body. Those kinds of things. It's so healthy, but it's hilarious because I didn't know about this and. When I found out, I just sent you a text as I I don't like to bombard people when big life things are happening because you get so many people messaging you and saying things. So I just sent my like, hey, are you okay? And you said, "Uh, I'm not okay, but I just got to do my Bridget breakup bootcamp program. I'll be good in a week or two. (laughs) And then sure enough, like in a week or two, you were kicking ass. And then (laughs) you still, like, you'd be honest and be like, not ready to go there or not ready to talk about that. Like, there were times on the podcast where you were like, can we not go there? And I was like, yep. But besides that, I was like, damn, that program really works because, like, she got it out. (laughs) There was no resentment. You were, you had reflected, you had accepted, and you had moved on. And I was like, hot damn, what is this? Yeah. yeah, it was great. Bridget's Breakup Bootcamp. If anybody needs any tips or tricks on how to go through a breakup, I've been through a lot. <laughs> I can help you out. You can even write you your own training program if you'd like. <laughs> tell me your favorite thing to do together, your favorite song, and I'll tell you where to go and how long to be there, and I'll send you a yoga to do in the meantime. Yes, yes. I can oh sell God, this fantastic. as a package. Valentine's Day so. package. And it's like, well, it's like, okay, well, what phase are you at? All right, so you know, you need to go get a bottle of wine, your favorite bag of chips, whatever kind of chocolate. Are you sweet or salty? You're sweet. Okay, you're gonna go get a lava cake. That's what you need right now. Oh yeah. Or you're like, oh, you're at that phase. No, 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 honey, no more wine. Just like no mentor. I'm like a breakup doula. <laughs> signature please <laughs> bridget bridget breakup doula bridget yeah. the breakup doula yeah oh my god yeah so my god <laughs> i gotta work on it this is fantastic anyway.com yeah. anyway. we touch on that a little bit too <laughs> i hope i think we do but yeah yeah, yeah. all right oh, so man. anyway that is coming out as we said for valentine's day i believe this will be on february 11th so stay tuned for that one it's going to be a fun episode as i say for literally every episode because they're all so much fun and then after that we have some other great ones coming up uh following that so some some cool we get going into season two you get go yeah it's been so planned for so long and you know what else has been planned for so long and not executed our giveaway (laughs) (laughs) so as we were talking about at the beginning of this episode mary and i really like to plan like like we were very busy over the past two months and there have been a lot of balls dropped and like not really we haven't actually really dropped balls we've just haven't like pursued any new balls they're just hanging in the air (laughs) there's some balls hanging around in our lives so anyway, we had gross. a giveaway back in, yeah, that was gross. We have a giveaway back in uh, December before Christmas that, you know, we closed on January 31st, technically, didn't actually, and we just never really followed through on it. Like, the, it's for a meme mug that says, why is it always Monday? A cup of tay mug and a cup of tay tea. Tea. Um, ba- and we just tay. never bag of tay and we just never really uh, announced the the winner because it was just kind of very far down on our list of all of the shit that we had going on so without further ado because there's already been a lot of ado past whatever that means mary do you want to announce our winter (laughs) our Our winter winter. (laughs) that's not right well it's winter everyone our winner for the talking (laughs) 20 giveaway that's my drum roll is Sabrina Ventura! Woo! Woo! Yay! So we will reach out to you, Sabrina, and Mary will get in contact about getting you your winnings. Winnings! And we hope that you use this mug um, whenever you go on a hike to pick up leaves. Every Monday. uh, Every Monday. You can use it to scoop your litter box. You can use it to hold your toothbrush. 
Yeah, yeah, you can use it uh, as a hat or a mask if you wanted to. Oh, yeah, it works really well as a mask. There's no gear. There's no gear. There's no air getting in or out of that thing. Yeah, yeah, so you're, like, definitely, like, you're fine for COVID. Like, that's wallet. Gonna, it's better it than be an N95. Wallet. Yeah. It could be your wallet. Yeah, you can actually use it to put in, you can take another coffee cup, like a McDonald's, like, to-go cup, and you can put it inside the mug, and then it's, it's like, like a, a It's like a holder. It's like a sleeve for another mug. Like a mug. beer yeah. koozie. Yeah. Beer koozie. Yeah, yeah. Which is really <laughs> the original idea for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's you why we got them. You can put your can of beer make... in it. And then just drink it from there. It's like yeah. a beer handle, too. It's a beer koozie with a handle. Because beer cans don't I come with I can't think those. of anything better to use a mug for. Agreed. I mean, you could also use it to build sand castles, but it's winter as we just decided. You could use it to build snow castles. <laughs> oh, you could use it to build <laughs> snow castles. I will advise yeah. that, you know, that's not what it was originally intended to, but throw it on the list yeah that's stupid snow castles are stupid <laughs> everything else was very <laughs> smart we've lost a lot of our three listeners in the past four minutes uh yeah so anyway sabrina pick up your new mask from mary, mary margaret <laughs> she'll be in contact uh to get you that all right so now another thing we've been doing recently is uh guesting on other podcasts Actually, we've only guessed it on one. <laughs> the other ones keep getting moved. Yes, we are starting but to. Okay. There's, there are some planned for future. Yes. So we were guesting on recently on the Bar High podcast, which is Spencer Barlow's podcast. And if you listen to, I believe it was episode 14 or actually I have no idea, but it was um, Chasing Curiosity and Living with ADHD with Spencer Barlow. That was one of our episodes. He has his own podcast and we guessed it on that one. And we talked a lot about, you know, our working relationship and how to work together as friends. And then Mary and I kind of talked about both of our uh, individual stories like mostly career stories and how all of that kind of came together in the formation of Talking 20 and Collective Creation. So it's like a really good um, like glimpse at how Mary and I have gotten to where we are and all of the work that we've put in to get here. So that's not coming out until like April or something. But something else that we talk about on it, which is something that we also talked about on our episode with Spencer, is our... Sign up for Tough Mudder, 15 kilometers in September. You know, when we when we did the um, interview with Spencer, it was probably our original interview when we decided that we were going to sign up for it. It was probably October of 2021. Now it's January of 2022. And that means that we have to start training. Like at that point, it was like, OK, well, this is in the future. So like future Bridget will deal with that. Yeah. Now it's future Bridget and me, Mary, and we got to start training for Tough Mudder. So Mary, what is your plan? Also, apparently we're doing another, sorry, we're doing another <laughs> marathon as well, because Spencer convinced us to do another marathon on the most recent podcast episode. It's so uh, funny, because he talks yeah. about them like they're no big deal. And he's like, that one's only 30 kilometers. And I was like, you could do that bitch. in your sleep. Please, what are you? But he taught like he doesn't even flinch, and I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. Thirty kilometers, and it's in March. So I said to him, I was like, I have asthma. Winter and lungs don't like to go together when it's this cold, and so I was like, I don't know. It just really scares me, and and he's like, good. He's glad, but glad even it scares then, you. he's like, I was like, why aren't you understanding? <laughs> Even then, the most motivational speaker still finds a way to be like, no, but you can still do it. You can still do it. So we originally I don't agreed, care if you're going to suffocate. Still do it. You're still good. He's like, good. You're scared and it's hard. You do it. And I'm like, I believe that philosophy. Damn, what's happening? I did not think I was someone who would, that succumbs to peer pressure ever, but he's really good. So what happened was we ended up agreeing to do it. So yeah, I guess by the time that episode comes out, we'll have done it already. Um, yeah. It's the the run around the bay in Hamilton. It's 30 kilometers. However, we are not going to do that because we're not idiots. We, we will not achieve that by March. Um, but you or can ever. do it. Or ever, maybe. We will uh, do the relay version, which is like you tag off. Now... We haven't signed up However, yet. However, and I think the spots <laughs> are so really planned. 
amount. So at 5K, we're, I think it's a 5K work. Yeah, but I think we actually have to sign up like today or something because okay. yeah so okay. we were gonna do the 10k relay where you do 30k but with three people um but then his girlfriend messaged me and she was like so that's sold out and I was like sick great <laughs> and then uh but she was like but the 5k isn't and I was like that's actually way more attainable like I like the idea of doing a 5k because 10k right now I, if it was the summer months and it, 10K was two months away, I'd be like, okay. But like, I don't strap know on how your I'm going to train in the winter. Yeah. If yeah. it's summer, you would strap on your shoes today and you would just go out yeah. and start running. But I'm sorry. Yeah. There's also like extreme cold warnings and we're getting used to it. <laughs> like I'm starting to be like, it doesn't actually feel as cold out as they're telling me, which I think it's just because right. it's been this cold for so long. But it is like, it's a little crazy even like Matt, who is a winter runner and's got all the gear, and all he'll have days where he's like, "I'm not running in this. This is ridiculous," and we yeah. don't have a treadmill. You don't have a treadmill, so it's like, well, how are we supposed to train for a run? I was like, I'm gonna train 10k in March. Like in March, I could see myself starting to run. Maybe like yeah. February. Still would be a push. Like it's still gonna be cold, but like maybe not as cold. Like this is like peak winter right now. Yeah. And, oh, I also have to say, so I'm doing, this is a little bit of a turn, but not really. I'm doing, um, I'm doing cognitive behavioral therapy right now uh, yeah. because I'm a worry wart. I worry a lot. Um, so it te- essentially we're talking about SMART goals when we're um, at our last session. And do you know, you know what SMART goal is? It's essentially how to make a goal. And there are all these acronyms like, is it realistic? Is it timely? Is it manageable? Is it specific? All those kinds of things. And one of their examples was, a bad example of a smart goal would be um, agreeing to run a marathon when you hate running. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that wasn't even like, they didn't know that I had done this. I was like, oh my God, that's like, hilarious. Okay. Okay, I <laughs> well, hear you. And I muted myself and just started cracking up because I was like, oh, so that's, that's why you're supposed to make like measurable goals. Okay. Yeah. But I do think, and we talk about it on Spencer's episode. What's interesting, like a marathon is different. It is physically and mentally, again, we talked about it a bit, but watching someone train for a marathon was hard for me. Like, it's so right. stupid and sounds Because you watch Matt train, but, right? Because I watched Matt train and then I went and watched him and his friends run it. And the, the especially the first time you do it, yeah, you have to at least enjoy running to run for that long, to put yourself through the stress and anxiety and fear that comes along with it. We weren't, we didn't, in fairness, plan to run a marathon. It's a hilarious example in timing and not a smart goal. 5K, <laughs> I agree, is like, I think tomorrow you and I could get up and run a 5k it would suck and it would be very Mm -hmm. hard and we wouldn't enjoy ourselves but we could do it and I think we would as much as you don't enjoy running you would be super stoked that you achieve that goal oh for sure yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. and I know that running is also like um it's like it's an acquired taste Uh, it's like yoga hated running yeah and now she loves it because she just you know she pushed herself to do it and Spencer was saying it's like kind of like a mindfulness technique like you integrate all of that mindset mentality that you've been working on in mindfulness while you're running and you kind of use it as like your me time and I was like that sounds nice yeah what do you what do you hate about running what is it I think it's the mental struggle where it's like I don't like feeling like I don't like feeling like I'm too tired to keep going, but knowing that I can keep going and having to convince myself to keep running. Um, I think it, yeah, it's mostly the mental struggle. A lot of the time I get bored, um, but maybe if I'm listening to podcasts or something, I won't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's long. Like I really like to get like a quick workout, quick and done workout. So running 10K is like, I don't know how long that takes, like an hour maybe. I have no idea no yeah yeah that's step one is like learn it what helped me enjoy running more was I got and you have a a watch so yours you'd be able to do it now I got a polar because I don't like having a screen but um it it tells me how fast each kilometer is so right now I would probably sit between like seven minutes and 30 seconds to eight minutes per kilometer 
um, especially with the cold weather and adjusting my lungs. So I know when I'm like, I only have 20 minutes today, but I really, I told myself I'd go out for a run. I know how far I can go and I plan my run according to eight minutes per kilometer. And then I try and This is such a measurable goal. It is a measurable (laughs) goal, but you need to know that number. And again, I only learned that through living with Mm -hmm. Matt where he was like, I know how many how many minutes it takes me per kilometer and I know how many minutes I need to be to run a marathon under four hours. <laughs> like insanity. Yeah. Oh my but, God, that's crazy. But they have to do that math, right? And they have to know. So I started working that way and and being of a similar mind to you of not liking how long it is. I love ADHD brain, ADD brain loves the like workouts where it's like, do this activity, do this activity, do this and like, your brain's constantly switching back and forth. You don't have to overly focus on something for too long. But I've learned to enjoy that that's what's hard about running. Lifting weights is evidently hard because it's heavy. Yeah. But running, it's like, yeah, it is it is mentally taxing. And, and that was where when I said on Spencer's podcast, um, Bridge, you can do it. Like you can run for the level of fit you are you can run 10k yeah you just have to mentally train yourself there um because i realized when i started weightlifting how much easier running was and when i really committed to that mental understanding and knowing my time and what i could do all of a sudden i was just like oh i just ran 7k and then went like whoa i've never done that in my life but i did it without even trying because i was starting to like plug those tools in right so that's why for you i'm like I wanted to know why, because I do think that as a meditative practice, like yoga, yoga is very uncomfortable for people at first because it's like you have to connect to your body and your mind and they talk about it. They trigger it while you're doing it. And if you're not comfortable with that because you just want to like, you know, get ripped and get those Mm -hmm. endorphins flowing and, and lift heavy weights and that's what you're used to, yoga is very frustrating because it's at a different pace right so the fact that you love yoga i'm like i feel like you just need to learn to like the pace of running it's true yeah and yoga was acquired like an acquired thing as well i hated you i would talk about yoga the same way i talk about running two years ago like it's just it's boring it's not good for like my add brain is just kind of thinking about all the other things i can't really like focus in but once i learned to like mentally get into that practice mode i love it And sometimes I don't like I have to be in the mood to do it. And I feel like that will be the same with running. But yeah, so so this uh, 5K that we're going to do is at the end of March. Um, Hopefully if we get if if it's not sold out. Um, So what's your your, uh, training program going to be like, Mare? Okay, so I haven't you've been doing a new really next week. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I started. um which is very exciting because I've never, I've never been able to achieve what I've been doing before. And I felt like I put a lot on myself, but I was like, you're gonna do it. Like I, I needed to push myself through this. So I did a, or I'm doing a four week program. It's, um, it's through Beachbody, but you know, there's all these online coaches now and Instagram coaches and there's this girl I've been following for a while her name's Megan we'll be having her on later in season two um she (laughs) is just kicking but yeah she used to be an elementary school teacher and was just like that's all she ever wanted to do with her life she's in her 20s loving life hating being a teacher hating exercising it just wasn't fitting like she was doing all the things and going through the motions it wasn't fitting so she switched over to being this coach and putting fitness first and all that jazz and she's just killing it and she just does a lot of the similar stuff that I do outdoor hikes uh skiing she puts she sets all these crazy goals she did 75 hard which is uh something I'm looking more into I'm not there yet to Ooh, do it but it's like 75 a hard intense. is hard I haven't done it. It's 75 days. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, it's 75 days, two two workouts a day. One has to be done outdoors. You have to drink, I think it's like 100 ounces of water every single day. No drinking alcohol. There's a bunch of things. There's a whole book on it. Um, So I followed her journey through that. She did like a crazy hiking journey. I followed that. (laughs) And then hiking. She did a crazy hiking journey. And uh, Yeah, so a goal last year I had was to follow more people on Instagram that would 
help me get my button gear into like mentally think the same way and, and just try and have more positivity in and around my life. And obviously social media can be very contagious. So she was someone that normally I wouldn't follow someone like that, but I was like, you'll see her stuff come up throughout the week and it will remind you to go out for your hike. It will make you want to save money to buy those new hiking shorts she has or whatever, like all the things that seep into your brain when you look at Instagram. So yeah, I eventually was like, you know what? I need to reach out to her and say like, what is this coaching module or program that you have? And she's through Beachbody. So I signed up for that. It's a four week. It's called job one. It is 20 minutes a day, five days a week. Really it's seven on the weekends. Essentially you just choose what your physical activity is. And then they have like recommended classes you can take. So four weeks of that, four weeks of, I did dry January. Then uh, uh, through Beachbody, they look at your weight, your height and everything and tell you the recommended dose, dose the recommended amount of water you should have every day. Cool, okay. And then you can track it. So I was doing, I've been doing that, making sure I hit, I think mine's like 75 ounces or something. So I try to do 80 every day. So I was doing that. And then 30 days yoga with Adrian for anyone who does yoga yoga with Adrian on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, which funny you just said that like some days you really have to be in the right mindset. I am learning so much about myself through doing yoga with Adrian. Because I do, so I go in, I do my 20-minute class on Beachbody, and then I do my yoga with Adrienne right after. Her things are roughly around 20 minutes, so my workout works out to be an hour. So committing to do that five days a week was a lot for me. Mm -hmm. I have never, never in my life committed to doing that. So, uh, yeah, doing the workouts was always fine. Like, in my head, I was like, you just push through. What kind of workouts are they? Um, so every day, like one day it's like glutes, arms, and legs. Then the next day it's hit. Then the next day it's like core, shoulders, whatever. And is whatever. it like body weight um, or do you go to the gym? No. So one day will be, no, yeah, it's, it's all at home. Okay. So one day's body weight, one day is bands with the package that I bought. Super, super cheap. It was like 200 bucks for the year or something, but it came with like a pre-workout powder, which I'm trying. I've never done um I really love athletic greens so I take that but this everyone does this pre and post workout stuff mm-hmm. do you know what I'm talking about I don't yeah. even know what it is I'm like what is this pre-workouts what it are like to help you Why get you your take- energy uh, to help you get your energy up and to help your like, What's in muscles I, I don't know they're not good for you a lot of them I'm sure there's some that's good for you but I do follow um a girl that I know knows a lot about nutrition and stuff and she said the best pre-workout that you can have is coffee because it's like, that's what they oh. do. They get your energy up, but coffee is actually like... It's caffeine. Good for you. Yeah, it doesn't have all of the other chemicals in it that... That's what my curiosity is. So the program came with it. So I was like, this is interesting. I'm going to get it so I can physically have the product in my hand and read it and see what's in it. Because I was like, I don't know. And everyone on it, and when we have Megan on, I want to ask her about it because maybe there's something I don't know, but so many people take it. Um, so it comes with that and bands. So yeah, so one day she does all her workouts come with, it's all bands based, Mm -hmm. which is really cool because it's a lot of the same workouts that you would do with weights, but because you're holding the band in a certain way, the resistance is almost opposite. Okay. So it really gets into like those those smaller muscles, um, which I've always hated bands. So that's been fun to like learn new exercises to use with bands that I don't hate. Um, and then, yeah, like some days are just straight up cardio. So it's all like body weight and movement and just keeping your heart rate up. Mm-hmm. And what's great for me is it's all, it's 20 minutes. It's every day. Yeah. I don't want to put on my shoes. I'm like, Mary, it's 20 minutes. Just fucking do it. Yeah. So it's been really easy to get into. And then it's, I always love taking off my shoes and doing a bit of yoga after. Um, but some days I am like super cranky. I remember at one point you were saying like, you had that app, that period app that tells you, yeah, like helps you know Flow. like what kind it's of exercise to do. Tracking app. Hi. Okay. Yeah. What's and up? when you, oh, we have Starbucks arriving. That's all. Yeah. <gasps> Where's mine? Well, we sent it to your house, don't you know? 
Oh, okay. Does Liam still live in Orangeville? Liam does live in Orangeville. So as a, so right now I'm living, I'm, I'm not living. I'm, I feel like I'm living. I'm at Liam's house um, and he's just ordered Starbucks. And for anybody who's wondering, coming to Liam's house is like a luxury experience. Uh, he has a toothbrush for me. He folds some pajamas and puts them on my bed my sheets are always clean he has like it's amazing it's a luxurious experience he has this great coffee maker so anyway i'm here right now but his coffee maker wasn't working this morning so he just ordered starbucks and was just letting me know so that it wasn't too loud in the microphone i'll probably cut this part out to be honest no <laughs> i was just, should i just leave it in i can yeah absolutely Anyone listening, right. this is more what uh, season two will be like. Season two is going to be like, yeah. Um, yeah. And if you're annoyed, just tell us and we'll make sure we do less of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> or we'll try. Yeah, this. I think this season is going to be based a lot on feedback. Like, I think what we want to do with this season, I know this is a turn a little bit, but we'll keep a lot of the stuff in and then we'll ask people, okay, like, what do you like? What do you not like? And we're going to develop our style rather than developing our editing style we're going to develop the style of how we do things and like adapt and learn and stuff like that so feedback as always very appreciated yeah and it's really hard to know like people in our lives love our authentic Mm -hmm. you know personalities and our relationship and like I have friends that say, like, oh, like, my best friend Sabrina always says, like, I love listening to this show because it's just, like, I'm spending time with you. I'm like, that's so nice, and it's, like, a big hug from my friend, but that's not how my podcast is going to get successful because not everyone wants to spend time with me who doesn't know me. So it would be interesting to see if we do, yeah, if we just, like, have more of this authentic stuff in it or people, like, oh, they're they're funny and it's fun to listen to or they, like, no, it's just annoying and we're listening to how they yeah. get coffee like get to the point to their yeah yeah but i yeah. kind of want to know like does it work yeah yeah um let's just try it we'll make this season more fun all right yeah what were you saying okay what well, were you even talking it's about? hilarious because we were talking about health and fitness and then you got a caramel macchiato bacon <laughs> sandwich and coffee cake delivered to your house <laughs> so this is my training schedule <laughs> I know you're about to ask me about what I'm doing to prepare. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So let me wrap it up. So that's what I'm doing. Uh, I'm really loving the beach body thing because of the lockdowns, because of the inconsistency of having a gym. It's so cold outside. I love winter hikes. I love being outdoors. So my original plan was not going well when the gym got shut down. Um, I do Pilates and that's more for like a physiotherapy standpoint. All those things. So getting into this program is exciting. I have never followed like a 30-day stick-to-it thing. So it that was right. really exciting. Um, you know, dry January. I, I did cut it off this weekend because in my head I was like, I'm just going to end up having drink on like a Wednesday. And that's stupid. I don't want to drink during the week. So had my first glass of wine last night. It was fantastic. And I'm going into my fourth week of this whole program and we'll finish it up. And then from there, Spencer gave us some good tips and tricks on like things we need to work on. So I'm going to up my game a little bit more. I need to get some more heavy weights. Um, So yeah, the run is exciting because it's sooner. So that like really puts my butt in gear for that. But the Mm -hmm. Tough Mudder, I'm still wrapping my head around what I need to do. And I'm really interested to hear Mm -hmm. what you're doing because I was, you and I started doing some like hard training during COVID just simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And I felt yeah. really good about where I was at until I did a, a workout with you at my cottage. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. Like what you were doing was so intense. So intense. I'm really excited to hear what you have planned because, yeah, yours, it seems like you've got a better, harder program than me. <laughs> Well, I'm not doing... So the one we did two years ago was F45. I'm not doing that anymore. Um, For no reason. It's just like when COVID shut down, I kept doing their virtual programs. But then I actually got introduced to Peloton. And I really liked it. I just... I I love F45 and I loved supporting the local business, but I wasn't getting the community aspect of it. So I'm not doing that anymore, but I'm doing Peloton. And what I'm doing is I've kind of created a schedule for myself. So um, similar to yours. You have the bike? I'm just... No. So oh. Peloton also has at-home workouts that you can do. You just need like dumbbells, essentially. Right. Like a variety of dumbbells, which I invested in over COVID. 
I've kind of created a schedule for myself where I do like uh, 30 minutes Peloton, a Peloton workout every day. So um, on Mondays I do cardio, like a hit cardio. On Tuesdays I'll actually do a 45 minute strength. Wednesdays I do a hit cardio again. Like I try to stick to actually the same training schedule that F45 had where it's like one day cardio, one day strength, one day cardio, one day strength. But on Thursdays and Fridays I like do accessory work on like my glutes and legs and my chest and back. So it's just like a, a revolving uh, program that I've created for myself. And like sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't. And then I also add on a yoga to it as well, hopefully. Um, but something that I'm really focusing on right now for like yoga and stretches and stuff is like my back and like trying to make sure my posture is really straight and stuff like that. I actually got that. You may have been having ads for it. I had ads for it. It's called the upright go where it's like a little thing that you stick to your back and it like vibrates when your posture you got goes it? down and it reminds you to like go up. Yeah, I got it. Um, and it like, it'll like track your progress on your phone and stuff. So I got that. So that's cool. like a big focus of mine right now is like working on my back muscles and trying to keep up, you know, working from home at a desk. It's like, it's also having back issues. It's like not, not good. So that's a big focus of mine right now with yoga and stuff. That's kind of where I focus my yoga practice. Okay. And then I'm planning to like in the spring when I can start running, like actually get outside and start running. I'd love to do that now, but I can't. So I feel like just keeping up with like cardio and keeping up with strength and just trying to, you know, maintain what I have until I can, you know, skyrocket a little bit more in the spring. Are you eating healthier or more consistently? Not healthy? right now. I'm going to. So I, in February... I said this in December too, in January, but for real, in February, I'm going to start like eating healthy. I mean, I do eat healthy. I'm very hard on myself with the way that I eat. Um, I do eat healthy. I eat nice balanced meals. I'm just a big snacker. <laughs> so like I will Because you start used to maybe, track like your mic, like when you did F45, yeah, my, you track. Yeah, I used to track and I might get back into that. It is very tedious and I also feel like it is kind of a mental thing and maybe it has played on my mental, my... I do have a bit of mental struggles with like eating and food and all that stuff. And I think it might've come a little bit from tracking stuff and knowing exactly like what my body needs and what I should be putting in it versus what I want to put in it. Um, okay, wait, just for anyone who may not know what that is, can you explain the tracking? tracking? Your, mm -hmm. Yeah. So tracking your uh, macro, you can track your micros and your macros. So this is macronutrients and micronutrients. And essentially you have an app on your phone where you put in, how you weigh the chicken that you eat at dinner and you put in how much chicken you have. And that will tell you that what carbs it has, what protein it has, and how much fat it has. And essentially at a certain, like you want to balance these to hit a certain goal every day of each macronutrient. Um, so I, I, for me, I think it's like you want to have like 120 grams of protein and 100 carbs or 160 carbs and 70 fat or something like that you hit that every day you try to hit that but it's all a balancing game because every piece of food has all three macronutrients in it yeah which yeah which is super interesting because I think some people listening would be like oh it's so cool or they do it or, or other people might be like that's way too extreme and it's ridiculous but the thing I'm learning mm -hmm. over time I just had a conversation with someone about this the other day is like it is insane. I think it's a great learning process to really understand where you get your food, what's in your food. Because as much as I can understand my my proteins and my vegetables and all that, it really does, doing that work would give you a big insight on like how many days of the week you miss the mark or how often, yeah. like especially when people are like, I want to lose weight or my doctor says I need to lose weight or whatever. Like you try to get back on track and you may be really, really doing it wrong. And, and tracking your macros, I think, would be tedious and horrendous and hard, but could be a great experience. And then interesting to hear for yeah. someone like you who is, you like your processes, you are a bit of a perfectionist, you really hone in on these. It could almost be dangerous because, yeah, there's like these after effects of overanalyzing. Because as much as like totally. we focus on health and fitness all the time, I love that you're going to eat your bacon sandwich. I love that like, and I'm like, I'm going to go get a croissant later because I think you need to also have those enjoy enjoyments and in, indulgences because we're so mm -hmm. hard on ourselves every day to hit those marks. Yeah. So for you, totally. like what's, and what are the effects that have come into play that you don't like? 
Um, it's a lot of like, uh, okay, so every once in a while, I also like to, if I haven't tracked in a while, you know, go and track what I'm eating in a day and it helps kind of like light a fire under my ass because then I can see, okay, Bridget, you're like way overdoing it on the carbs. It kind of helps you keep like within the, knowing within the range of what you're supposed to eat. But then it gets to a point where like, um, right now I'm fine because I'm not tracking macros, but if I saw this bacon sandwich, I would start to think, okay, like that's going to be all of my fats for the day, which means if I eat that, I can't have any other fat for the day. And that's like, that's not a healthy way to think. There's a balance to it, right though? Cause it's like, it's changing bad habits. So it's like, when are you overindulging? When is it too many excuses to be like, oh, don't worry about too many fats. Don't worry about the snacking. It's, it's healthy to have that balance. And then all of a sudden, you you really don't eat healthy and you choose the bad things when you could have chosen the good yeah. things. Like, if you're really honest with yourself, you could be like, man, every day this week I ate clean. I ate whole foods. I didn't have a lot of sugar. I feel the same way. I get really intense and then I'll look back to how I ate in like high school or in college yeah. when I first lived on my own and <laughs> Ridiculous. I'm like, oh my God, like you were leaps and bounds ahead of how where you I were. How was I functioning? Yeah. yeah, and what's tricky is, like, I went and did a, a, like, fitness health thing. My parents gave it to me as a gift one year where I went and they did, like, all these tests on me. They test my lungs. They test my heart. They – all this crazy amount of stuff. And um, what was great, A, is afterwards they look at your results and they say, like, okay, we're going to send you to a specialist for these following things. So I got a specialist for a podiatrist because my feet are a disaster. And I got a specialist for my lungs because my general health and like medications for my lungs weren't on track, which your mother will be grateful to hear because she was saying it for years to my parents that there was probably some damage being done and I needed to see a specialist. But in that, when they looked at like my food and my fitness, they literally said, Yeah, you're like an average healthy person for your age. And at that point, I was the least healthiest, biggest I've ever been, which a lot of people would have looked at me and been like, you're not big and you're not unhealthy because naturally I'm not someone who just like packs on the pounds and you can like my face doesn't like swell up and I don't get like a hugely round belly, things like that. My body shows it in different ways. So and I remember saying, I don't like that just because I'm young, they're like, we're not worried about your cholesterol levels. They're high, but whatever. Whereas if it was my mom, they'd Let be like... Let me fix it now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they'd be like, no, this is a problem because you could end up having a heart attack because people in your age range, if they don't fix these problems, have heart attacks in the next 10 years. So because she's in this like age range of a number where the statistics are higher, they worry about it. And I was like, just because mm-hmm. I'm younger... like kick my ass. Tell me my cholesterol is too high and to be better. But they were like, nah, for your age, it's fine. Because statistically at this age, people are fine. And I was like, this is not helpful. And it really does send us to this place of like, just eat the Big Mac, sweetie. It's fine. Like, don't. You're fine. Yeah. So it's like finding that balance of like an unhealthy obsession with your macros and like you said like being so stressed out and spiraling out of control where you may not eat at all or you may not you know go and buy the healthy things so you just don't buy anything like I get that there is a level of danger there but every person should find that balance for like Mm -hmm. indulge but hold yourself accountable so it's an exactly. I, I like that you've gone through that because you've taught me a lot um but I never heard you say that it was having that negative it's effect. It's true. This is, that's, it's also a more recent thing that it's having the negative effect on me. Okay. So this is something that I'm like realizing more recently. And I think it's going to be a really great top of, topic of conversation with our next guest that we're going to interview. Not, not the next one on the interview, but we're interviewing somebody about health and fitness. And I think it's going to be a really good conversation about almost like body dysmorphia and what you're putting in your body and your mentality behind that. I think that's a really cool topic to kind of dive into with a specialist because maybe they can help me yeah it's the extremism (laughs) right help help me (laughs) period it's the extremism I saw it in college with a lot of dancers and I luckily grew up with a family of a mom who has a very balanced look you know your mom as well you like we were the people that were like be confident be healthy enjoy life our moms were average that sounds so bad but they were like average looking women where they weren't 
overweight and unhealthy, but they also weren't like super skinny, won't eat food, have to look sexy, can't, can't enjoy like your parents, like our moms were very down to earth. And then I had men in my life that were, that celebrated realness, right? Like my dad doesn't like nail polish. They like the natural looks, no makeup. So when I went to college and I saw these girls who were dancers that like wear makeup, they're so upset when their thighs don't look toned and beautiful, staring at yourself in a mirror every single day. I was like, oh, this is dangerous. Like anybody's Mm -hmm. mind. And what's interesting, the guest you're talking about is a male. So I've never considered how a male's mind can spin out like that and can unravel. Because people just don't think about it. People think about it's stereotypical body image issues. um, Women. And body dysmorphia and all that stuff are young girls. But there are older people who feel that way. There are younger people who feel that way. There are men, there are women. There are every gender feels that way. So it'll be super interesting. The, The big target that gets missed is like, especially as a girl you you grow up kind of like where they're like don't talk about you know uh how they look in that shirt or what your butt looks like or like it's almost like we went into this sensitivity world of like it's not about how you look but like you just said you're like I'm noticing these effects and changes on my body and I like when you feel hot and when you feel good about yourself you want to keep working out. You have those endorphins. You feel good about the shirt you're in. You don't feel like a sad sack of shit. You eat the healthy food because you're noticing the things in your body. <laughs> but there is. There's like, there's, I think it's like this like wheel of like, it It will activate good behavior if you're seeing positive effects. And we can't ignore the fact that, yeah, we feel better about ourselves when we look good in the clothes that we're wearing. And I'm not yeah. like whatever I'm not fat shaming I'm not doing any of that I would still say that there are people of all shapes and sizes that when you eat healthy and you're exercising and those positive endorphins are there or those positive the endorphins are there you genuinely just feel better and hopefully make better decisions with your life but when you feel like shit and eat like shit you stress yourself Mm -hmm. you physically stress your body and then you don't feel good about yourself and then you go into that like shame spiral so yeah I think like the reason I'm bringing this up Mm -hmm. It's all the yeah, mentality it's, it's, behind it. I think it, this yeah. is going to be a huge part of our journey training for the Tough Mudder. I want to talk about it more because I think that us training for it, and it's just going to look like Bridget and Mary getting jacked, feeling good about ourselves, doing a Tough Mudder. I want to try and be more vulnerable about the harder mental states of what this is going to be. Absolutely. Um, I'm just terrified I'm not going to do it. I'm terrified I'm just going to fail by not trying. Right. Me too. I have that as well where I keep thinking like, especially now because it's like, okay, well, I can't start running now. So like, it feels like an excuse right now, but I'm also like, well, what if I don't start running in the spring? Like, what if I make an excuse then too? But then also on the other hand, I'm like, okay, but it is really cold outside. Like, I actually can't run right now. But there are those fears where I'm like, am I, what if I don't do anything? And then by the time the Tough Mudder comes, I'm like, oh shit, it's tomorrow and I haven't done anything. Like, I'm scared. And that's why we need to be really real and authentic with this and talk about our training program and talk about the mentality process. And I'll be honest about, you know, if I have body, body image, issue, body image issues, not necessarily body image issues. It's more so like eating and like, if I'm worried about what I'm eating or if I indulge and then I get really hard on myself, I'm going to be honest about that stuff. And I want to be like open and open up that conversation a bit more. Stay tuned and follow our journey on Instagram where we're going to be, you know, posting stuff about Tough Mudder and our training programs. And also make sure to listen to the episode with Liam Jotham and Katie Havens coming out on, I really hope it is February 11th because I keep saying that, but coming out on the Friday Friday before, before Valentine's Day. It's a great episode. Really great about not only relationships, but also about self-love. And uh, yeah, it's very, very inspiring and it's a fun episode. So stay tuned for that. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and TikTok if you want, but we don't really post there, um, at Talking20Podcast. And uh, we're bad yeah, millennials. have a great week, because <laughs> we're bad millennials. We're not Gen Z. We're not Gen Z. Um, and yeah, have a great week. We'll see you next time. Toodles. Bye.